averaging the fewest air yards per attempt. At no point were you even close to anything that could be considered a rational thought. Everyone in this room is now dumber for having listened to it. Yards per attempt. Welcome back, everybody. Welcome back. It is September 1st, 2020. Do you believe it? September 1st, 2020. Football is less than two weeks away from actually happening. I don't think any of us in 2020 thought this day would come, but and it's not here yet, but it's going to come. Football is back. I called this an emergency podcast, and maybe I was a little too zealous with the wording of emergency podcast. It's not really an emergency podcast, but... I haven't really talked since our Raiders training camp show on SiriusXM, so I thought I'd get on here and speak a little bit. And I don't want to freak anybody out because most of the time I'm super positive and I'm super, what what can you say? I'm super uh, optimistic about Raiders teams and Raider news, but I'm not. I'm a little concerned. I'm concerned that for the second year in a row, and I am not... Everybody relax for one minute. I am not comparing Tyrell Williams' injury to what happened with the guy who we should not talk about ever again. But for the second year in a row, and we're going to sit here and label number one wide receiver, number one target, this and that. I'm not saying Tyrell Williams is the best receiver in the league. I'm not saying he's the best receiver on the Raiders. But for the second year in a row, Right before the season starts, Derek Carr loses one of his top weapons. And I'm a little concerned about it, to be honest. In 2020, and I talked about it on the podcast before, in 2020, from everything that we've gathered and talked to with executives and coaches and players, look, guys, there's no preseason. There was no preseason games. We could sit here all we want and talk about Brian Edwards and Henry Ruggs and the impact they're making. But we just don't know. This is such a wild card of a year. This is such a year where you could just say, you just throw your hands up and say, I don't know. What could we expect from these guys? These guys could be perennially old pro bowlers. They could be studs. They could be duds. We just don't know. So it makes me a little nervous sitting here at night on September 1st that, again, Carr loses another weapon. And we'll dive into the depth in a little bit. And again, I'm not saying Tyrell Williams. Again, it's not the end-all, be-all for the Raider wide receiver core. But, you know, let's just talk about the player for a second. I was excited when they signed him. I know they gave him a little bit, probably too much money for my liking at the time. But again, it's just my, it's just money. It's not my money. So they gave him the big-time contract. They gave him number one wide receiver money. And last year he produced through the first six, seven games. This guy was scoring touchdowns. This guy was producing. This guy was making an impact. Him and Carr had a good rapport. So it looked like money in the bank. looked like a good signing. And he battled injuries all year. He battled the A-B stuff in the offseason. And, yes, in a perfect world, Antonio Brown was the number one receiver. Tyrell was two. And in a perfect world, Tyrell's always probably a good 
number two wide receiver. And that's not demeaning in any sense. When you say someone's a number two receiver, you're not saying the guy doesn't have the talent to be a number one. It's just what he's comfortable, what what, what he feeds off more. Is Tyrell going to take over a game? No, probably not. Is he super talented? Yes. So you lean on that a little bit. And, you know, last year he he showed up. He was everything the Raiders asked for in a receiver. Every week through the first eight weeks, he was scoring touchdowns. So to lose a guy like that, again, this guy, you know, I feel bad for him. He Again, he battled injuries last year. A torn labrum. I've had a torn labrum myself. It sucks. It hurts. You thought he could kind of play through it through the season. The surgery comes. It's just, it sucks for the player. It really does. And I understand that everybody wants to jump on. We'll be okay. We'll be fine. They do have depth. The depth is there at the wide receiver position like it hasn't been in a couple of years. It really has. So I'm not worried about that. But when you when you lose a Tyrell Williams, then everything kind of gets pushed down a little bit. Just like when you lose an Antonio Brown, Tyrell gets elevated to number one. Everything else gets pushed down a little bit. It makes me nervous in 2020 with no preseason games, a rookie learning curve that the basically the rookies learned on Zoom. Have you learned on Zoom? Have you sat in front of your computer? You're going to sit there and tell me that you could learn a playbook or you could learn an offense by sitting in front of a computer? And I understand they've been on the field for a couple weeks, and hopefully I'm wrong. But it makes me nervous. It makes me feel like this team at that position going into this year with the Tyrell Williams and then the rookies and an Aguilar and a Zay Jones was in a lot better position than it is now. But again, we are, today's September 1st. The first game is September 13th. Again, 12, basically 12 days away from the opener. So let's talk about the depth a little bit. You want to sit here and tell me, and again, look, in today's NFL world, packages are what you expect. And the Raiders with three tight ends, three, possibly four tight ends that can catch passes, a stable of running backs that could, could do damage to any type of defense. So I'm not really worried too much. It's not the standard, hey, we're going to stick Ruggs and Edwards out there at the X and the Y. And those are going to be our two top guys. I don't think it's going to be that way. Hunter Renfro is going to be on the field a lot. Zay Jones. Nelson Aguilar. I mean, I think I think that this team will be okay at the receiver position. But if Ruggs and Edwards struggle, I don't want, get, I don't want Gruden to get antsy. And... Delay their progress. You know, a couple drops here and there. Edwards struggles on a route, misses a route, misses a block. Same for Ruggs. And then we're rolling out Zay Jones and Nelson Aguilar and, you know, those type of guys as our starting receivers. It just, it makes me nervous. I'm not going to lie. I don't like it. Can they go out and trade for a receiver? Maybe. Will a guy come open that's going to get cut in the next... You know, cut down days on Saturday, four days away. 
So losing, bottom line is losing Tyrell sucks. It does. Henry Ruggs and Brian Edwards could turn out to be Tyree Kill and Terrell Owens on the field. And this team could take off. And I hope they do. Knock on wood if you're with me. That's not wood. It's a wicker table. But I digress. But Philly fans could attest. Nelson Aguilar. Talent in the world. First round pick. Drop issues in Philadelphia. Zay Jones. Smoking weed. Falling out of windows naked. I mean, these are the things that I kind of think of. And if the rookies take the, the baton and run with it, let's do it. Let's go. I'm, I'm here for it. But if the Aguilars and the Zay Jones of the world have to get on the field and have to produce and you have to rely on them, that's a concern to me. That's on Gruden to coach up, just like he did last year with A.B., when A.B. wasn't there anymore, you have to change the entire offense. You have, to, you have to assimilate to something else. And it sucks. And I'm not, again, not saying that the whole offense was going through Tyrell Williams. Because it's not. All right, let's switch to something a little more positive. The ascension of the young playmakers. You look at this roster right now on offense. Carr under center. Ruggs. Edwards. Jacobs. Ingold. Renfro, Waller. This is a young nucleus that the same thing that I was super negative on in 2020, no preseason games, not a lot of practice time. This team is going into this season with a third-year head coach, a you know, third-year quarterback under the same system, and these weapons at his disposal. So this team is at, at an advantage you know, it's, it's, it's at an advantage more so than a lot of other teams. Take our Week 1 opponent, the Carolina Panthers. The Carolina Panthers in Week 1 are such a wild card, I don't know what to expect. New head coach, new quarterback, an essentially entire new defense. They drafted every single one of their draft picks on defense. New wild, I mean, you don't know what to expect, especially in 2020. Gruden said it to us, the best. It's like, I, I don't know what to say. I can't watch them in a game. I don't know what they're throwing out at us. So that's kind of my point here is 2020 is such a wild card in every single sense of the word. And it could be negative and it could be positive. So let's be positive for a second. Henry Ruggs. You put him in motion. He's not just a speed guy that's going to you know, you know, send him on nine routes and let him just streak down the field and, and just throw balls up to him and see what happens. This guy's going to be moved all around like a chess piece. Drags. You know, deep, deep outs. This guy's going to be all over the football field. And that's where the offensive line comes into play. The offensive line is going to need to give Carr some time to let this guy get down on the field. And Brian Edwards. I mean, I want to buy into the hype. I really do. I love the draft pick. I love this guy coming out of school. Again, I'm not, I'm not going to sit here and tell you that I watched every single game in South Carolina because I didn't. But then when they draft him, you go back and you look at some stuff. He's got every single tool that you want at the position to be a really good NFL receiver. Him and Ruggs contradict each other, and they, they kind of contrast each other a little bit. They, they, they work well together. Ruggs gives you the speed. He gives you the route running. 
Edwards gives you the size, gives you the physical toughness. So that's the positive. That's what they can get out of these guys. But I'm going to plead to Gruden right now. John, please, give these guys the time. When Brian Edwards and Henry Ruggs trot out there for the first time in 12 days versus the Carolina Panthers, early kick, 1 o'clock Eastern time, it's the first time they're stepping on the NFL field. It's the first time live game action. Is that a disadvantage? I don't know. College does it. College guys don't have any preseason games. They just run out there and they're, they're, they're going. So I don't know. It could be an advantage. It could be a disadvantage. Let's first, the second, say it's an advantage. The Tyrell injury opens up space for a guy like Brian Edwards. Opens up space for Nelson Aguilar that could be a reclamation project a la Al Davis. Give a first-round pick a chance. Zay Jones, who spent more time in Vegas with Derek Carr than anybody else, developing that rapport. And we, again, like I said on this podcast before, we understand how important that is for Derek Carr. So where does that leave it? Who's the other receiver? Is it a free agent? Is it Rico Gadford? On Twitter today, when I put it out there, Raider Nation exploded in support of Rico Gadford. Exploded. And I get it. The speed. He's a speed guy. I understand it. You want to be like the Chiefs? You want to do that? I'm all for it. I'm not discounting the fact that John Gruden can go out there 13 days before the season and get another receiver. They've made trades already. They traded David Sharp tonight to the Redskins. Excuse me. The Washington football team. Please, nobody be offended. I apologize for that. The trades are coming. Cut Again, cut down days on Saturday. Things are happening. I would not be surprised if there's another receiver added to this football team of veteran nature before the season starts. Okay, enough of the receivers. I also put out on Twitter the other day that I was kind of surprised a little bit that, that Prince of Mukamara, in the same sense of the receiver group, trotting out two rookies and being a little nervous about it, in the same sense of trotting out a rookie corner in Damon Arnett. And people take it that I'm saying that I don't think Damon Arnett's ready or that he's not that good. It's not that. To me, in 2020, I felt like the veterans would get a chance over the rookies. And hopefully, I'm wrong in the sense that Arnett is crushing it in practice, like everybody says he is, and is ready to start. And hopefully that's the case. Lawson's missing the first week, so you're trotting out there a Trayvon Mullen in the second year, you're trotting out there Damon Arnett. We see what the, the pitcher is of this football team. In certain groups, receiver, secondary, defensive line, if you will, they're very young. On the offensive line, they're veteran. I mean, it just is it a group is it a good mix? Is it a good mix of guys? I like the secondary. I really do. I'm really excited about the secondary this year. I'm excited about Jonathan Abram coming back and setting the tone. I really am. I'm excited about him coming 
and being the guy they wanted to last year. He's probably going to get fined. He's probably going to start some fights. I'm here for it. So I was a little surprised that Prince of Mukamara got, got cut, but I understand why. Trayvon Mullen, Arnett, Isaiah Johnson. It's a, Again, it's the same thing as the receivers. It's just a bunch of young guys. Let's, who he, let's see who steps up. Who's going to be that guy that takes it, that takes it and runs with it? All right, the offensive line. Trading David Sharp, who's going to get cut anyway. The 2017 draft was an utter abomination. Every single player from that draft is gone. Gruden and Mayock have flipped this entire roster. For better or for worse. Hopefully for better. There's nobody left standing. Their car is basically Will Smith in that gift, standing in a room, Carr and Gabe Jackson, standing in a room saying, where the hell is everybody else? Because everybody's gone. This is a whole new football team. So I started this podcast basically saying, I'm nervous. I'm nervous to go into a season with no preseason games and starting a bunch of rookies with a head coach that has the, what is the word I'm looking for? Has the, the quick hook, if you will, but maybe he's grown a little bit. Maybe he's, you know, ascended a little bit and said, Hey, I got to be a little more willing to give these guys a little bit of rope because this is what's going to happen in, in the NFL nowadays. Maybe he is. Hopefully he is. So we are, Again, 12 days from kick. I'm going to do another podcast before the season starts. Cut down days on Saturday. I don't think there's going to be anything crazy happening in Raiderland. If you want to do the 53-man roster projections, I don't see anyone that you could possibly see coming out of nowhere that's not going to get cut. Well, that's not going to make this roster. And let's talk about, real quick, let's talk about the Raekwon McMillan trade a little bit. I love Rico McMillan. Run stuffer, good on first and second down. Again, coming from a big-time college in Ohio State, good football pedigree for a fourth-round pick. I had a source tell me that works closely with the Raiders, that if you saw Nicholas Morrow out there in meaningful snaps again, he was going to put his head through a table. I love Nicholas Morrow. This is not anything against him as a player. I think he's a good player. But they upgraded at the linebacker position, for sure. McMillan's a good player. He's in the contract year. He's out to prove something. This is not a, 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 dam, a damnation against Tanner Muse or any, any person like that. But Mayock saw a player that was available, and he wanted to go get him. So Godspeed. So McMillan added to the roster as well. I think this team is locked and loaded for the opener. I think they're in good spirits. They're healthy. Again, knock on wood, healthy going to the opener. The offense should have no reason they can't put points on the board. There is no reason this team can't score. I mentioned earlier the Carolina Panthers have bought a brand new defense, entirely brand new defense. Go out there and put 35 on them. No excuse. So we'll do another podcast soon. I felt like we needed one tonight just to talk through the receiver position a little bit. Talking through it makes me feel a little bit better. 
I like the guys they have. I think Ruggs and Edwards are going to be special. I hope you do too. Someone asked me on Twitter tonight, and you guys are great when it comes to receivers. I got the Dez. I got the Ocho Cinco. You guys are terrific. The question was, was Michael Crabtree the best player in the NFL in 2016? I wouldn't go so far as the best player, but he was definitely the best receiver in 2016. Him and Carr had something special going on. They really did. It's a shame that it didn't last. It's a shame that it only happened basically for a year and a half. But he was incredible. Really, really incredible. So no, not the best player in the NFL in 2016, but definitely the best Raider. Definitely the best receiver. I'm Eddie Borsilli. Again, subscribe yards per attempt on your favorite podcast platforms. I hope to do these much, 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 much more. Talk soon. Just win. Good night, everybody.